Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Papillon Dupere Publishing. Papillon Dupere Publishing is a niche publishing label that works with authors of commercial and literary fiction, both established and new. P2P is a mission-driven, aiming to bring to market quality work often overlooked by mainstream publishers. Papillon Dupere works a dual model, publishing both traditionally and through an agile hybrid system that guarantees publication for independent authors. Papillon Dupere works meaningfully with writers on their writing journey. Ask them for any testimonials regarding how their team might be able to help you on your writing and publishing journey. Let their authors, clients, and associates tell you. They have a Facebook writers group. They have a website. Uh, you can see that at Papillon Dupere. That is P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N hyphen D-U hyphen P-E-R-E dot com. And you can submit a query to them or email them with any questions. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Caroline Fleur. She wrote the book Destiny and Other Dilemmas. You can find it on Amazon in Kindle format and paperback format. Here is the blurb. Brooke Stern seemed to have the perfect life until she didn't. After an unexpected turn of events that shook her marriage of 15 years, she must navigate her new normal as a single independent woman. Juggling her son's food allergies, her demanding career, and growing interest in a mysterious man, she's determined to restart her life and find a clear path ahead. When she finally reclaims her courage, she is confronted with the harsh consequences of her choices. Any step forward is a potential risk as she tries to make the best decisions for herself and the future of her family. That is, if destiny doesn't step in and decide for her. Based on that, I think I need to own that book as well. Um, I will include a link to the Amazon as, so that you can purchase this book and support the author just as the author has chosen to support this podcast. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Chris. Uh, you can find her book in the show notes as well. Thank you both for supporting the Figgy Bookworm. Hey everybody, I am here with Elliot Modal. You have probably seen me talking about him quite a bit this past couple of weeks on Twitter uh, because I am actually in the process of doing a giveaway for his book, Dark Blue. It I finished reading it, I want to say about a week and a half ago, and it is the perfect ghost story for October. 
And so I wanted to give a lucky subscriber to my blog a copy of this wonderful book. So head over to my website, thepiggybookworm.com. Hurry up and subscribe because at the end of the show, I will be announcing our winner. So hopefully we will get some new subscribers. Hopefully we'll get some new listeners. Thanks, everybody. Okay, Elliot, I am going to fangirl for just a minute because I don't particularly like scary stories. I don't do horror books. I don't do ghost stories very often. I've read a couple and I get spooked way too easily. So for me to find a ghost story that I was able to connect with the characters and not have nightmares was was absolutely wonderful to me. So thank you so much for sending me a copy of your book several months ago. I am so glad that I was finally able to get to it, um, write my review, do my giveaway, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm going to fangirl for just a moment. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, kind of, if you would introduce yourself, um, just a little bit and let us know how you got the idea for your book, um, where you're from, just kind of a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm Elliot Model. I am just this quirky, obnoxious clown. So if people read my book, they're like, wow, this is really thoughtful. This is really deep. Um, are you sure you wrote it? <laughs> I've I, been getting that a lot. From I, have, I have to admit, when I saw that you were a redhead, I was like, how did he write this book? He's a redhead. <laughs> Which is total, it's totally stereotypical, but being a redhead myself, I'm allowed. Uh, (laughs) But redheads are typically, we are typically fiery. We are typically feisty. We are typically, um, we're more rowdy than whimsical and we're, and we're a lot more whimsical than we are scary. I mean, ask my husband, I'm probably, I don't scare him at all, but I I have a temper. And so, yeah. So when I found out that you were a redhead, I was like, how is it possible that he wrote this book? Because I was expecting, you know, goth emo. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I was expecting. So, sorry. Go ahead and, and continue your introduction. Well, actually, a lot of people, um, if you read some of the reviews on, like, Amazon and stuff like that, it starts with, I am not a fan of ghost stories. I don't like scary stories. I loved this one. So, actually, you are not alone with that. So, um, I am actually just really grateful that I reached a new demographic for this. Of people who, <laughs> of people who hate ghost stories? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm appealing to, like, the thoughtful more emotional um people that like really want to get in depth with character development and everything like that not so much as i want to be spooked before bed yeah Um, yeah i i was totally able to read it before bed i had a hard time putting it down it was amazing so yeah i mean because honestly my first thought was these ghosts are going to be secondary to the real haunting presence which is really like the trauma of the characters and what they're going through. So um, that was really, that was really my thought process. Let's make 
these memories, these haunting thoughts that these characters have, let's make that the actual haunting rather than the ghosts themselves. Yeah, I did. Um, one thing that I mentioned in my review was, you know, being the psych major in college that I was, motivations and trauma of characters really stands out to me. And, you know, there was one book that I read either earlier this year or last year sometime. Um, you've probably heard of it, Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I haven't, surprisingly. Don't bother. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, don't bother. Um, I, you know, one of the things that I did not appreciate about that book was there was a scene where the main character is basically reliving a trauma from her past where she was basically molested by a ghost when she was about 10. It was, it seemed to be, you know, it was a, it was a triggering situation for the main character, but there was no trigger warning in the book for the reader. And I, I found that extremely problematic. And I found that extremely upsetting that the author, you know, yes, this particular scene was important in that you needed to know where this main character was coming from in her dealings with these ghosts and in her life and how this particular situation had affected her as she grew up. I get that. But you didn't need to go through the graphic scene of what happened. You know, there, I just, I really felt like there were better ways of handling that particular situation. Now, having said that, your book, I noticed the same type of trauma reactions in your characters, um, not from the same type of trauma there was, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but it was that, you know, those same types of, you know, these things happened to me when I was a small child and how those traumas and how those trauma reactions affect us as we grow older. Um, and, you know, that was one of the things that I really appreciated how you handled it in your book. You know, you were able to bring forward Ryland in particular, our, our main, main character. Um, you know, you were able to bring forward the trauma that he suffered from having a mom who was keeping secrets from him his entire life about his origins and about, you know, where he came from and, you know, things that would have been better for him had he known those things. So, you know, I, I did. I, I really appreciated how you handled the trauma responses and you were able to create a, a character that we could sympathize with and a character that we could connect to you know, especially people who've been through their own types of trauma. Yeah, because even just going back, um, like that book that you read, it really, it's about the scene. Um, it's not so much about the journey 
like I feel like it's not just one event. I'm not just gonna tell one event that just is like shock value, you know. It's just the entire road. So it is um you're marking out his mom doesn't listen to him as a kid. His mom's always away as a kid. She doesn't talk to him as an adult. And his heart is just hardened as an adult. And he just like gives up on her, which is basically what the main character is going through. Yeah. Um, so I really just wanted to avoid one scene that was horrible shock value to get trauma across. Because yeah. trauma isn't one, just one scene. It yeah. is, it's, it's a journey. It's multiple events. So yeah it's the the chain reaction i wanted to show not just yes and and i you you did an absolutely fantastic job of it you know i it's you know yes it's a ghost story but i really felt like more than just a ghost story it was a commentary on how trauma shapes our lives and how trauma affects us as we get older and what happens when we don't deal with it, yeah. you know, and I, I think that, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't done in a triggering way either. You know, somebody who has been through immense trauma can, can read this book and feel a connection with these characters and feel a connection with these people and say, you know, Hey, I, I've been through that too. If he can make it, so can I, you know, and just kind of leave it in a, in a positive way, which I thought was fantastic. And I feel like even if you don't relate to the events, you can, I feel like a lot of people can relate to the apathy that the character at least got as an adult. Um, so he went through a lot to where he just doesn't care about people anymore. Like yeah, he doesn't the care living. about the people yeah. around him. Um, I feel like that is, I feel like everybody, um, at least 90% of people can, everybody online at least, (laughs) can relate to apathy. So um, whether it comes from trauma that's like in the book or your own personal events, I I just feel like that's so universal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you read in the same genre? Um, Do you prefer to read ghost stories or... um... I don't like to read narratives. <gasps> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I love reading just factual, just history books. It's so weird. I know. I know. It, it <laughs> would put anybody else to sleep. But if I can read a book just about dates and the Civil War, I'm there. Well, and, <laughs> and what's, what's really funny is you're, you're talking to someone who, and you're, I'm going to say you're at least 10 years younger than me. Um, so you may not remember these days, but I remember the days of having to look things up in an encyclopedia oh, to I'm, do I'm to do school <laughs> projects. Well, I was the kid who would grab the encyclopedia and just read these things for fun. Perfect. So, so yes, while I enjoy facts and, you know, and my husband and I, we tell people we never argue because Google solves all of our arguments. Um, you know, we will just look up random stuff. You know, yesterday I was looking at Juno's pictures of Jupiter. Um, just if you haven't seen them, Oh, 
they're fantastic. They're like 3D and you can see the, the big red storm and uh, it's fantastic. You know, but those, those kinds of things I like. You lost me, however, at history. <laughs> I, am, I am not a history buff. I am not a historical fan. I used to have a friend, his name was Steve, and he was huge into history. Like, you could name, you could, like, walk up to him and say, 25th president. He would tell you who the president was, who the vice president was, and the, like, the most, um, like, the biggest part of that president's career. Like, he was huge into history. He made it interesting. My history teachers in school, however, did not at all whatsoever. <laughs> they ruined history for me, and I I have even the hardest time with historical fiction now because it's teachers You're in high school. Like, Talk about yeah. trauma response. <laughs> See, I talked to um, Don't Turn Around podcast. It's a, like it's ghost scary podcast stuff, um, and he has gets on there, and they talk about history all the time. Like it's it's. 30% ghost, 70% history. And um, him and I discuss all the time, like how if you're into the paranormal, you have to be into history by association because like you're going to these places to document ghosts and you need to know the history of the building. You need to be interested in that, into the yeah. landscape of everything. So um, yeah, like so many places, so many paranormal investigators like the Don't Turn Around podcast they investigate like old civil war bunkers and stuff. So you need, you need to be interested in that to be able to, you know. Yeah. And you know, I enjoy like true crime podcasts. Um, you know, in fact, I am like really tempted. I don't do very many podcast articles on my blog. I usually try to stick with mainly books, but there are several true crime podcasts that I really enjoy and a lot of them are historical um but that's like one particular subject you know that's not somebody sitting at the front of the room telling me that I have to you know memorize these dates and tell you what happened on these dates when I yeah. really couldn't give a flying rat's patootie what happened on those particular <laughs> dates I just don't care I I don't um I did, however, go um, after, I believe it was after the first Conjuring movie came out, um, I did go and research Warren and his wife, um, yes. the couple that were, that the movie, those movies and those stories were based on. That I found absolutely fascinating. But again, to me, that's not history. You know, that's not, uh, U.S. history is just. Give me world history. Give me Egyptian history. Give me Greek history. I don't care. It's it, All of that stuff is fantastic. U.S. history? I don't know where we went wrong. I, don't, I really don't. <laughs> I U.S. Just... history is really just um, war and slavery. And so it's not as interesting as like um, Babel in Iran. They built monuments and palaces for, for whores. For like yeah. the whores of kings. Like, there are these lavish palaces that are just kept, um, just pristine to this day, and it was made for a concubine. So, like, that's interesting. That yeah. is so interesting to me. Like, and then um, you've got 9,000 people died in a war over here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, we used to own people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you so know, I that... all the history classes. I, I, I love it all, but there are some that are better than others. And, you know, I, I actually learned something several years ago that I thought was just absolutely fascinating. Before slavery, before the Africans basically started selling their, their own people, um, you know, white people were not the ones that put black people into slavery. It sucks. But the Africans were selling their own people in order to make money to support themselves. But before that happened, mixed marriages and mixed relationships was absolutely normal. You know, a woman would marry a, a Native American, have kids. It was considered perfectly normal. And then all of a sudden, we start owning people and because those people are no longer considered human beings, they're considered property, all of a sudden it's no longer okay to have those mixed relationships. And it didn't start becoming more okay until recently. Which, you know, when I found that out, I was like, that is fascinating to me that, you know, we, you know, we were not, we didn't used to be so segregated. You know, until, you know, they basically they segregated themselves, which I think just completely sucks. I try to, I try to stay away from all things race. All I know is it's not good. We need to fix it. Abs yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, no one wants a white man's opinion on race, so I'm, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually had a girl that I used to work with. She, she looked at me one day and she goes, I have a question. And I was like, okay. She goes, do you think white privilege is a thing? And I went, yeah. Oh, I said, absolutely. now ask me if I think it's okay. And she was like, okay. And I was like, you know, cause she is, her father is, I think part, part Japanese and part Mexican. I could be wrong on that. And so she has like, you know, all of these different races in her heritage. And I tell people, I'm like, I am the whitest person you'll ever meet in your entire life. I have nothing in my heritage at all ever going back eons that is not white. It's I, I'm the whitest person you'll ever meet. But that doesn't mean that we aren't all equal, you know. So it's it's a whole, yeah, for me, it's a whole thing. Um, but let's move on. <laughs> since, since you had just said, hey, let's not talk race. Yeah, I was just going to um, say, like, I, I, I chime in, but I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I have, I have my, my own opinions on it. And, you know, I'm very opinionated. I'm sure you've probably heard since you've been listening to the podcast. You're probably aware <laughs> of how, how strong my opinions are on some things. Um. So, what, are you working on anything currently? I am trying so hard to, because I left Dark Blue open um, at the very end. And because so, I was like, I don't want to finish these characters. If I want to come back to it, I just want the door to be open. Like, I don't want to, like, kill anybody off. I don't want ever someone to, like, live happily ever after, and I'm ruining it by opening something up again. Um, so, I'm trying so hard, but I keep getting, like, 
four chapters in, and then I give up. And then a month, like, <laughs> I'm like, I got this brand new story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this storyline. I get 40 pages in, and I give up. So, <laughs> I'm just, I really want to do these characters justice. I really want to, um, you know, I ended on such a high note for them. Like, they just overcame a lot. So, how, so I just keep thinking, how do I take it 10% more um, without betraying, like, everything that I okay so I have an idea and I don't know if it's something that you have considered and tossed for whatever reason but have you considered a prequel because ever, um, evermore island it it seems to me to be absolutely rife with possible storylines there and is so much potential in that there I really admit, is i left so much vague and it's just yeah <laughs> and it doesn't and it honestly it doesn't even need to be about the two people that we know were there it can be you know some like just random observer of life on the island because um for people that don't know um evermore was based on Jonestown. So if you don't know what Jonestown is, it is that uh, radical cult led by Jim Jones. He just found this tiny segregated spot and he said, if you are tired of the world and its greed and you are a very religious, faithful person, follow me to this town. So it, like this happened at like the Evermore Island. It happened. It was called Jonestown and it ended in the horrible massacre um, led by the pastor himself. See, so, I, I see, and I keep thinking of um, Waco because there was like a mass suicide in Waco, Texas, that was like a cult type thing too. Oh yeah, it's just, it's very common for like radical cults like that to end in mass suicide, and I just wanted to create my own. It was just very Jim Jones. You had this gluttonous pastor where the community thought it was living for itself, but it was really just to appease him. Yeah. Which is, you know, one of the, um, one of the true crime podcasts, uh, that I like listening to is actually called Colts. And, um, it's, it goes into, you know, it went into the, um, the fundamental, um, it was like the the radical uh, shoot off offshoot of um, want to say the Mormons could be wrong on that. Please nobody come after me. Um, it was either the Mormons or the the Christian Scientists. I don't remember um, which one it was, but it was a radical offshoot where the the leader of this particular cult no longer agreed with. Um, how the the main church was running things and so just kind of led his you know this group of people off over into this other where they still called themselves mormons christian scientists whichever one it was but they added like fundamental to their name and so it was you know it's very radical and it's you know the reason that they ended up um calling it a cult was the leader had like five wives and he was like molesting the little girls and it was like this whole big horrible thing um where the the main church 
that this guy was claiming to be part of just can basically completely disowned him. And I'm like, that's, yeah, go right ahead. Cause it was, I mean, he ended up in jail and he ended up like killing people. And it was like this whole big, horrible thing. Um, but <laughs> I find cults like that and cults like, um, in Evermore Island in my book, uh, like it's, it's there to just please one person. Yeah. Like it just has that false sense of faith. Uh, you are closer to God being here, but really you're just serving one person's needs. Who, and, uh, you know, and it's, and it's usually not always, um, this particular podcast goes into actually some cults that are led by women, but it is typically a man who is a major horn dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he is he is starting this cult simply because he wants to be able to marry more than one woman and have sex all the time. You know, the the Nexium um cult. I don't know if you're aware of that one. That was the one that um Allison Mack was part of from Smallville. Um, you know, that was basically his, you know, what ended up being his motivating factor was that was what he wanted. He wanted women to be his sex slaves. Um, and he brainwashed people into saying like, you're just so faithful if you bring me young women. Um, so just the brainwashing aspect of this stuff is just ridiculous. It actually was not brainwashing. It was blackmail. Was it? it was blackmail Ooh. because they were required, um, you know, and part of the reason that Alice and Mac ended up in jail was because um, when a woman was brought into the fold, into this guy's harem or whatever, um, they were required to submit a, um, a damning piece of evidence against themselves. And if they left the group for whatever reason, they were risking this evidence being publicized. So they were basically blackmailed into being his concubines, his harem, his sex slaves, whatever you want to call them. It was absolutely terrible. I I did follow that case for a little bit. Um, so that that girl is shady. That girl is so shady. I was. So she gives I, redheads a bad name. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> whatever her story was after that to save her own butt and like look better and like from the public view. I'm not buying it, girl. I'm really. I'm sorry. Like no, I'm blackmail. I. I. I'm having a hard time believing that. I'm pretty sure you did this on your own. You're. I don't know. You're I not. Feel like she made her bed. And it's dank. It's one of the, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those situations of you're not sorry you did it. You're sorry you got caught. Kind and of now things. you have to come out smelling a little bit better than this person, even though you yeah. both just rolled in. Absolutely I, reek. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, one, I am sure one of the things that you have noticed in listening to the other episodes um, was how many different topics 
I can cover in an hour. Um, I I try to I try to get it back on book topics at some point. Um, but yeah, I just kind of let the conversation go where it's gonna go. Um, because everybody, you know, each one of my guests has different viewpoints on the world and has different opinions on things. And, um, you know, and I just, I adore the diversity of topics and the diversity of opinions that I can get from, um, having so many different guests on. Um, so having said that, what are... Since you said you prefer like factual books, what are some things um, or some books that if somebody is a huge fan of history or reading those facts or even memoirs, um, what are some books that you would recommend? Um, well, I just finished a book called Evil Archaeology. Um, so it is written by a PhD, uh, Heather Lynn. So basically she is like a curator and she just finds all of these artifacts, um, that were used like for religious icons. And it's just so interesting because it just kind of lays out the different faith-based cultures throughout the world. Uh, so she uncovers, uh, like the Azuzu statue. I don't know if you know who that is. That is the demon in, um, the exorcist. Oh yeah. I, I read, I read the exorcist years, years ago and it scared me so bad. I couldn't have it in my house. Well, I'm sure you've seen like the statues that people have in, that they have in museums and it's like a weird dog with a giraffe neck and a lion's body. Um, there's a lot of history in those. There's a lot of like faith based information in that like people would work whoa uh oh hold on everybody hold on i accidentally sent my guest away i am not sure how i did that let's get this back i am so sorry everybody i am so sorry i don't know what happened i set my phone down and it hit the power button and made you go away. <laughs> and I, so I'm like, I'm sitting here going, okay, everybody, I'm going to get him back. Hold on just a second. Because it was like literally right in the middle of your sentence. And I don't know how that happened. So let's be a little My bit. My screen went black and I was like, do, do I keep going? <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was terrible. Um, okay. So evil archaeology. Um it, it basically all of those statues that you see in museums that are like weird sculptures it's not a person it's not an animal there's a lot of information behind that there's a lot of like faith-based information like people worship these statues um so that's basically what the book is about it's very interesting that so does sound really interesting yeah archaeology um is something that fascinates me and um anthropology is something that absolutely fascinates me like I love you know, just the study of different cultures or like people yes um and got Facebook that. <laughs> <laughs> the you know well my my thing is you know when I meet somebody from a different culture my first thought is always okay 
let's talk about food. <laughs> That's always my first question. Um, and, you know, because I, I notice that, you know, even around the world, when people eat different kinds of food, that's still a, it's a common thing that you can find, you know, because everybody's got to eat and, you know, and so you can learn a lot about a culture from the kinds of food that they eat or their habits when they have dinner, um, you know, or even if they have dinner, you know, they could eat, you know, seven snacks a day for, you know, and so, you know, I'm like, I should have been an anthropologist because that's just learning about different cultures and learning about, you know, going to Australia and going and studying the Aborigine folk. I would love that. I could live in a hut. I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> uh, I would find a way to record it for everybody, but I, you know, it would just be absolutely fascinating to me. But at I the was same, just really quick research. Um, I had a date, and he said that he was from Bangladesh, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Well, I'll see you tomorrow on our date. I instantly Google Bangladesh. I was like, "I don't know where this is. I don't know the population." By the end of my Google search, I knew who its president was, and it's like overall mass. I was like, <laughs> "Isn't it, isn't Bangladesh part of India?" It's right above India. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually, I have had two guests, um, on the podcast. Uh, one was Polly and the other one was Tanya. Um, and they are actually from Slovenia. And, you know, that was one of my things. I'm like, you know, and I, when I go into a chat with somebody for the podcast, I will typically not look them up at all. Um, you are one of the few guests that I've had on here that I've actually read your book. <laughs> and, you know, but, but, part, but part of that is I, I want to learn about you guys as my listeners do. You know, I, you know, I've listened to podcasts where, you know, Dax Shepard's podcast comes to mind where he has Googled, he's Wikipedia, he has YouTubed, he has, you know, done all of these things so that he can find out, you know, all of these things about this person. And that is what feeds his questions. I don't like that. I, you know, I want to go into a conversation with somebody knowing nothing about them. So when I found out that my guests were from Slovenia, I'm like, okay, you got to tell me about your country. Cause I, cause in Polly's case, um, you know, like with you, I'm on video chat with her and she was outside and she had her phone facing a castle basically behind her. And, you know, so I'm like seeing this, this panoramic view behind her. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, so I'm like, okay, you gotta, you gotta tell me, come on, you know? And one of them, I think it was Polly, um, was right before Easter and Slovenia is a very Christian country. And so Easter is a big deal and they have like tons of traditions and they have a certain food 
um, again, foodie, um, they have a certain food that they make every year for Easter. Can't remember what it is now. I'm going to have to go back and uh, listen again so that I can so I can remember what food it was. But it sounded so good, you know, and that was, you know, and so it's, you know, I never would have thought otherwise to ask her about those things if I had Googled her country or Googled her in advance. So, um, okay. So evil archaeology, I, um, had thought while you were telling us about evil archaeology, have you read a book, um, Bad Blood by John Carreyrou? I have not. It's, um, it kind of fits in with your factual type um, of books. It is the, um, the story behind, um, oh my gosh, I can't, uh, there, there, something, hold on, let me Google it, see if I can figure out. Um, but it's, Elizabeth was the CEO of this company and, um, Theranos, that is the name of the company. And, she, her idea was she wanted to create a machine that could replace many of the different diagnostic tests. And it was using an amount of blood in a capsule about this big. Just this tiny little, I mean, like four or five drops of blood. And because she was intensely scared of needles. And she, she wanted a, a way of performing these tests that would replace having to have blood drawn. You could basically just use a few drops of blood like you would with a blood, pre, uh, a blood sugar test. The only problem was the machines didn't work. And she, along with other people in the company um, hid it and covered it up. And, um, you know, they had a contract going with Walgreens to have these tests performed in Walgreens around the United States. Um, they kept, you know, putting off the installation of these machines in these Walgreens because, you know, it was just one thing right after the other. And, um, so bad blood is John Carreyrou was a um, investigative journalist in New York when he heard about Theranos. And so he started interviewing um, people who had gotten fired from Theranos and people who still worked at Theranos um, and, you know, found the whole story behind the company. Um, and it was, I couldn't put it down. I, and there's actually a, um, a documentary, I believe on, I want to say HBO Max, um, that is, uh, the story as well. Um, so you might find it really interesting. I love a good scandal story. Um, almost as much as I love a good conspiracy theory. Uh, I live for conspiracy theories, <laughs> <laughs> but scandals too, even better. I, I, both of them. For, <laughs> They're out there for me. 
For me, it depends on the scandal. I, you know, when it comes to, like, Hollywood scandals, like, oh, my gosh, she had an affair. Or, oh, my gosh, he slept with another woman. Let's talk. Okay, that Britney thing, I don't care. It's a Hollywood family being crappy to each other. We've seen that a hundred times before, and everybody's freaking out. I'm like, really? You're surprised the Hollywood family is crappy to each other? Um, I don't care. I'm sorry. I, don't, I I'm sorry. yeah, I <laughs> you know, I have I have like a a couple different Hollywood couples that I kind of follow. Um, Dax and Kristen Bell. We I tell my husband all the time we need to be best friends with them. Um, oh my gosh, I have I loved Kristen Bell until I didn't. <laughs> I see it and and what's really funny is I love her as a person more than I love her as an actress. I'm the opposite. Because she <laughs> because she she and Dax are they're just so open about their lives and they they don't embarrass they, you know, they'll come on interviews and say, oh, yeah, we got in this big, huge fight a couple days ago. You know, whereas everybody else comes on and like, you know, oh, my marriage is perfect. We never argue. Yeah. You know, and they're just they're so real. You know, it's uh, like you, I, I get the feeling that that's just how they are. It's not a public image. Yeah. I mean, they admit that they're people. Um, but my problem with her is she was on that TV show, Central Park, you know, and she was uh, voicing a half-black, half-white girl. And so she went on an interview. She said, I'm stepping down because I want an actual half-black, half-white girl to voice her so a black girl can look at the screen and say that I made a difference for her. I'm like, you're you. You made a difference. For an aspired black girl. Kristen, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it was just such poor taste and it was just so tone deaf. Um, I just, I couldn't forgive her. I really Aww. couldn't. <laughs> yeah, see, and I... I an inspiration to young black girls. I'm like, you white. Her... <laughs> well, see, her, her motivation behind it might have been a little iffy, but... I think she phrased I, it. She just phrased it poorly. I, it was, I yeah. I that that really seems like that's probably the case. It was less about um, you know, doing the right thing, which she shouldn't be uh, voicing a person of color. So um, no, because she white. But she just <laughs> yeah. She just made it sound like it was like I am such a good person and an inspiration for stepping away from this job, and. I just, I couldn't. I'm sorry. You, I love Frozen. I will always love Frozen. Um, but I, I, I have to admit something. I've never seen Frozen. This is over. I, this is over. <laughs> let me, let me tell you, let me tell you why. Okay. Let me, let me explain to you why I have never seen Frozen. I have, I have several reasons. The two main ones, I, I will tell you. I'm not a huge fan of animated movies. Okay. I, I just, I don't watch them very often. Um, my husband will every once in a while get me into an anime. Um, 
And he is currently watching American Dad, um, binging it on Hulu. And I kind of sit there and half-heartedly stare at the screen when it's on. Um, I'm not big, huge into cartoons. Um, is, is reason one. Reason two, I used to play pool at billiards um, at a local bar. Now, said local bar is 21 and over. No kids allowed. Why in the hell are you playing Let It Go on the jukebox on repeat? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, my work plays Moana. Like, it has no business playing Moana, but every time um, it comes on, like, I'm talking to a customer, yeah, and you'll love... See the line where the sky meets the sea. <laughs> like, I just love it. I have to burst out in that song. Um, there's just something catchy about them. Frozen and Moana, there's just, it's something for, it's for everybody. Yeah, I, you know, one of the, you know, I will do Lilo and Stitch. Big Hero, Big Hero 6 is probably my favorite one. <laughs> Bay, Baymax is, Baymax is just adorable. You know, his furry baby. I mean, yeah. it's it's my heart. Baymax is just amazing. Um, do I think they should have turned him into a superhero and given him armor? No. He should have just stayed a squishy Thank marshmallow. Oh, yeah. He he should have just stayed. Um, but I loved the story behind it. And, you know, so Big Hero 6. But it, but I'm also, like, old school. Little Mermaid is my favorite fairy tale i am so <laughs> i am sorry to kira knightley i i apologize um you know i i actually heard in an interview that she won't let her her daughters watch the little mermaid because you don't give up your voice for a man oh come on it's it's a cute movie i see and i had that was my turning point with kira like, such as your turning point with Kristen Bell. Yeah. After she said that, I'm like, fairy tales are just that. Fairy tales. I played with a Barbie, like the original Barbie, not even like the normal body Barbie. I played with Barbie when I was a kid. And I watched Little Mermaid. And I watched Cinderella. And I watched you know, all of these different fairy tales. I didn't grow up thinking that I had to give up my voice for a man. Yeah. I just, I'm really worried. That's why I'm worried about these remakes. Cause, um, the Cinderella remake, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, but that, that beauty and the beast one, Oh, I, I couldn't with that. She was so snobby and so unlikable. She was just, I'm a feminist and you need to know it throughout this whole movie. And I'm like, beauty. See, for me, Beauty and the Beast. It for for Emma Watson to be in that movie really cracked me up because she had no business being there. Here, really here is here is why I think that that whole thing is immensely ironic and hilarious. Beauty and the Beast is the ultimate Stockholm syndrome movie. It, it can Ultimate. be argued that it can be argued that it can also be argued that um, 
you have to take the time to get to know someone. And and I get that. I, I do. But it's, you know, what's funny to me is, you know, and I, I won't refuse to watch Beauty and the Beast. It's not that that, that part of it is such a problem for me. It's that Emma Watson is such a feminist and so for equal rights and so for women's rights and, and all of that. But then she would be in a movie that's basically the epitome of Stockholm Syndrome. To she, me, that was just hilarious. Acted, that movie, she acted so bored throughout that whole movie. Be our guest. Um, she's sitting there, just a sour look on her face. Like, is are you are you almost done? Are you are you almost done yeah, singing? I... Like, oh, now the plates are getting in here. I was like, can you just like smile a little bit? Like, they're putting on a pageant for you right now. Yeah. And she was just, no, not having it. I, oh, bad taste in my mouth. I, I yeah, I I have I I personally have a huge problem with remakes anyway. I, you know, I spout on here all the time. I'm like, okay, Hollywood, you need to stop making remakes. If you need new content, the Twitter writing community is amazing. If you need movies, quit making remakes. Stop it. Knock it off. Quit trying to turn Aladdin into some, like, women empowerment thing yeah, because what that about? I am sorry in that culture would never happen. That yeah. is it it just it wouldn't you would not have a female sultan. It would not happen. And even that speechless song, it just stopped the movie dead. I uh, yeah, that and I was not a fan of Will Smith as the genie. The will the genie will always and forever be Robin Williams. So, yeah, it's remakes are just, although I will admit that I do want to go see the Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. I do love Clifford. <laughs> um, I am a 30-year-old man without children, so I will probably be skipping this movie because um, it will raise, it will be like red flag, red flag if I go to see and, <laughs> see and I, I won't be going to the theater to see it because I just, I don't really think it's like big screen worthy, no. but I do, but I do want to see it. And we have a big enough TV that it would be entertaining, you know, so I'm like, we can red box it. It's, you know, we don't have to pay the, the full price for the fancy movie. Um, in order to see this big red dog be actually a big red dog. We, we don't need that. We can just, you know, have it be a normal sized dog on our TV. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I will admit, um, oh, and I was right about you being 10 years younger than me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> just, just thought I'd put that out there. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Go on there. <laughs> I was, I was actually spot on when I said you were 10 years younger than me. Um, so, okay, we have about nine minutes left. Other than your book, what are some nice, creepy ghost stories, factual stories, anything like that, um, that you would recommend to everybody? Um, you know, I don't want to, um, recommend anything. I want people to read my book. 
So you're going to recommend your ghost story. Because, I mean, because no, we're recommending no your book. We're, we're totally recommending your book. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just sitting here going like, hey, um, I'm not going to recommend ABC when I'm NBC and I want you to watch my stuff. So. <laughs> Hold on just a second. I got to throw something at my cat. Get down. I have I have an Etsy shop and I have a, a little area set up where I do my photos. My big cat, who you didn't see, has decided that that particular area of my table has to be his bed. Despite the fact that I have my phone camera tripod sitting in the middle of it to discourage him from laying there. So, yeah, I, I had to throw something at him to make him go away. Uh, I, I am telling you, I have had to interrupt this podcast more often for these freaking toddlers than anything. Because <laughs> they're toddlers. Um, they're sociopathic toddlers, let me just tell you. Um, exactly what a cat is. I think that's the um, Webster definition of a cat. <laughs> up, um, <laughs> let's see. Um we call our cats narcissistic opportunists. See, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of cats because I don't like anything meaner than me. And um, I'm, pr I'm pretty snarky. I'm pretty sassy as it is. And if I got a cat, like we would just be like butting heads all day. So I'm just or, kidding. No, I'm more full. So yeah. Or he would, <laughs> or he would be like my Simon and just like lay in your lap and purr all the time. No, that too. Yeah, he'd be like soul. Soulmate, kindred spirit. See, every cat I've ever met is one of those knock knock something off the counter and then be like, "What you gonna do about it? Uh, what you gonna do?" Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have about five minutes left. I am going to see what subscribers I have and see if we can't figure out. A winner for my giveaway of your book. Perfect. Let's see. Um, oh, hold on. I am... I'm on a different computer than I was before. So I'm having to, like, fix a bunch of stuff. Hold on just one quick second. Um, oh, this is going to be... Okay, you know what? I'm not sure who I want to be the winner because I can't seem to get to any of my stuff. Oh, here we go. Um, we want that gone. Yes, I, I am talking through it so that we don't have any dead air. Just FYI. No, no, I totally <laughs> understand. Okay. Bam, bam. <laughs> Um, follow me on TikTok, um, Elliot, not Elliot Model. That's my new screen name. It's it's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> filling airtime. <laughs> We're going to sing a song. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of videos and songs, um, the that song that the they do the videos for the um, the Navy um, and military people, um, Maya he. Maya. Oh, God. <laughs> Throwing it back to 2004. <laughs> I 
love that song. I don't know why. I just do. It's a French yeah. song, too. I love French music. Okay. <laughs> Oops, hold on. Ah, dang it. Yeah, I'm just hoping that I don't get frustrated enough that I start cussing at my computer because that would just not be okay. Oh, are you Oh, kidding? yeah, that would be a great way to end the video, <laughs> just like every cuss word, like super loud. <laughs> oh, hold on. Now that I remember what my password is. Here we go. I, oh my God, I'm having the hardest. I should have started this like 10 minutes ago if it was going to take this long. <laughs> And y'all can hear me typing because I have the. Hold on. I think we might. Nope, we don't. Okay. You know what? Listeners, I will announce who won the giveaway tonight on Twitter at 6 p.m. Central Time. That is 2.5 hours from now. So if you want to get in on the giveaway of the book you just heard us talking about, among a host of other things, hurry over to my website, thepickybookworm.com, and subscribe. Then head over to Twitter, tag somebody you think might want this book as well. Um, there, This book was amazing. It was seriously hard to put down. You'll be able to read my review on my website. Um, it is the the link to it is actually the featured book section on my front page. So you don't even have to go searching for the blog post. It's like right there. So yes, two and a half hours from now, I will announce the winner. You have two minutes left. Any last words? Um, all I know is I've been doing hair flips through this entire thing. And I just <laughs> feel like the audience really missed out on that because I have very luscious hair. He does. Um, it's, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of disappointed in that. I feel sorry for you guys. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the kind of hair that you just kind of want to play with. It's, oh. you know, I, um, growing up, I knew a guy that he had the super long hair like that. And, um, every once in a while he would, he would let me play with it. Um, not in a, in a weird way, I promise. <laughs> Oh no! It's just like it, it just—you it, just want to. You just want to. Like, yeah. I just pat my hair, and it's like ten percent more to whatever I'm saying. Like, look how sassy this is. It it makes you very <laughs> much. It makes you very intense and and believable in everything that you say. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming and talking with me today about your book. And um, if I am able to get a host of more subscriptions to my website I may get with you about possibly doing a signed copy for the winner yeah I'd might, love to do that. might do that so hurry up everybody go subscribe and I will see you guys next week and I will talk to you on Twitter soon Elliot all right sounds good Thanks. thank you <laughs> bye bye